Good morning to praise Jesus. Amen. He's come, let us worship our King. He's come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. You see what a Savior has done. You see how His love overcomes. He has done great things. You see. Oh, 
feeling good? Y'all got a little bit more sleep than the 9 a.m. crowd did. Trust me, we can feel it too. So I'm uh, so glad that you guys are here. You know, we can turn on the news this morning. We can look at every headline and, you know, I think they love to, to play on this emotion of fear. You know, the, and that's one of the enemy's biggest tactics to keep us from walking in the promises of God, walking in uh, the hope of God and who he is. And so, but the thing is, the Bible says, if God is for us, what can be against us? And so the reality is we can face all of these things in life that can kind of sway us and toss us to and fro. But when we put our hope on the firm foundation that it is Jesus, then that's where our confidence comes from. That's where our strength comes from. And so let's just make sure that this morning as we praise and as we truly fix our eyes on him, that we are placing our faith truly on the hope of who he is, that everything is in his hands, he is in control, and that you know what, I'm not going to allow fear, I'm not going to stand in what fear is trying to say, I'm going to stand in the truth and the promises of God. So let's worship from that place this morning. Now stand in his love. The darkness tries to roll over my bones. Well, sorrow comes to steal the joy out. Well, brokenness and pain is all I know. I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your Just proclaim that over your life this morning. The shame no longer has a place to hide. And I am not captive to the light. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. No, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Come on. Cause my feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I Cause this power that can break off every chain This power that can empty out a grave This resurrection power that can save This power in your name This power 
my feet Does it stand a chance When I stand in your love Sing it up My feet It's my feet Does it stand a chance When I stand in your love Oh Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are no longer captive to, to fear, to doubt, to worry, to anxiousness, Jesus, to shame. But God, that our hope is in you and it's in you alone, Lord, our firm foundation, our solid rock, Lord. So I just pray that we walk boldly and confidently in who you are. And every word that you speak, Lord, let it just reign over us. Let it just cover us. Let it be our identity. Let it be our purpose. Let it be our focus, Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your presence here this morning. We give you all honor, all glory, and all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning. Hey, don't you love the cold? I love it. <laughs> uh, so anyway... I woke up and I realized that I only had like two more times to play the bass up here. So I said, Tony, thank you for switching with me. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, because I love to get my groove on up here and just kind of hang out in the background and kind of my thing. So who knows where I'll be playing the bass in the future, right? I don't know. Might have my own little group there. <laughs> So we're going to take our tithes and offering in just a few moments, and um, these are the ways that you can do that. Probably most of you that attend here on a regular basis could make that announcement, right? But I hope that everybody has discovered the joy of tithing. Uh, I know I have, and I know at this stage of my life, I'm so thankful that Buddy and I decided about 40 years ago to put God first in our finances. and. You know, to tell you the truth, we don't have a worry in the world about money because we know God's going to take care of every need that we have. Wouldn't that be awesome for you to say? And that happens when we do it God's way. So uh, I'm so thankful for that. And uh, it's just giving God the first of your finances and giving the God, for God the first of your whole life really is what it's all about. So uh, we're, the baskets will go by in a little bit. You can give it the kiosks or you could even do automatic draft from your checking account. That's what we do, and it's just really a good good way to do that. Well, it's also a good time for you to check into Facebook or any other social media 
Uh, you could even Snapchat someone or go ahead and make a TikTok video right now. I don't care. <laughs> Post it and say, come on over to Salem Fields Community Church. Or you can go online and watch the service. And uh, that's a good way to worship as well. Uh, it just says that if you're here, then it must be a great place to be, right? So check in on Facebook. There's a connection card in your program, and that's just a way for you to uh, keep in touch with us and us in touch with you and uh, let you know what's going on here. Also, if you're a first-time guest with us today, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, we hope that you'll continue to check out Salem Fields Community Church. It's a pretty awesome place to be. And uh, we've got a, a little free gift for you as you walk in and out of the door. And uh, it's just a way to say thank you for being here and come back. And we really appreciate uh, you being here. We just want you to experience the presence of the Lord. You don't have to give in the offering. You don't have to do anything. We just want you to sense the beauty of God's presence here today. We've got our celebration service coming up, and uh, probably my favorite thing mainly because it's the evidence of God's hand working in the lives of people, and quite honestly, that's the only thing I'm all about. I love to see God transform people and to do amazing things that humanity can't do, and uh, when we have that kind of witness, it says to the world, there's a joy and a peace that you can have that nothing else can compare to, and so at celebration service, we're going to have baptisms. That's an outward expression of an inward faith. Somebody really special to me is going to be baptized that morning. And so uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, also, we'll have baby dedications or child dedications. If you know of someone who wants to be baptized, you want to be baptized, want to dedicate your child, this is a way that parents can say, you know what, God, this child is on loan to me, and I'm going to be the best steward that I can be. And it takes a community to help raise children. So... Uh, Make sure that you come to that. Rich is going to tell you a little bit more. And it's also a special celebration service because it is Pastor Gay and Buddy's last Sunday with us. And so um, we just want to be able to honor them and celebrate them. You know, the Bible talks about honoring your mother and your father. But how many of us know that we also have spiritual mothers and fathers? And so that's exactly what Pastor Gay and Buddy have been to us. And so we just want to be able to, to honor them and celebrate them and just really tr uh, tell them how much we appreciate them. And so there are many uh, ways you can do that. There's actually a basket uh, that is out in the lobby. And so we just want to encourage you to, to bring a card, bring a gift, uh, just be able to kind of honor them in that way. And then even we have a room set up over here that has a video camera in there. So I know Jamie will be back there after the service. And so if you just want to stop in there and just even leave a quick video message, uh, just tell them how much uh, their ministry has impacted you and cha changed your life. You know, we as pastors, we hear, uh, unfortunately, a lot of negative. Um, so it's always just so uh, amazing and just a breath of fresh air when we hear positive about just the, the impact of just the serving and how it's just changed lives. And so I know that that's going to be such a blessing to them as they go into the next chapter. And so I just want to encourage you guys, be a part of that. Let's celebrate them. Let's honor them. And uh, let's do what we can to, to send them away with a bang. Already it's been pretty awesome. You know, these are things that people don't say until they come to your funeral. <laughs> so I get to hear them ahead of time, which is pretty amazing. I'm having some incredible conversations. It's just a... A beautiful, beautiful thing. And so thank you all so much for that. Uh, I get to introduce Michelle uh, Hoffman. She's our preacher for today. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm so honored 
to have known uh, Michelle and will continue to know Michelle. It's a lifelong relationship. And uh, she, to me, represents what our ministry here at Salem Fields Community Church has been. I watched her come here, become a volunteer in uh, children's ministry and volunteer in the church. And then uh, she was an incredible school teacher. And the schools need great teachers. However, when you see a great leader, you snatch him up. And so that's what we did. And we hired her full time as our children's pastor. And she did that incredibly. And then there came a point where she moved over to the Learning Center. And she'll tell you a little bit more about that. But Michelle represents the kind of character, uh, you know, the person that's honest and open and real and raw. And uh, you can just see God's transforming hand work in the life of that person. So I've been incredibly honored to be able to be her boss, but at the same time be a teammate with Michelle and watch her grow, watch her family grow, watch them go through turmoil. She's going to share that with you today. And I know you're going to be blessed. And I know that God's going to speak to you here today because of uh, what she has to share with us. And Buddy and I wanted to do something special before we left. Uh, people that have come up under our ministry and grown and are on staff. This is Michelle's very first uh, sermon that she's preaching. We wanted to see, we wanted to be here when she did that next week. Uh, we'll have another one like that as well. But uh, I'm so thankful for Michelle and uh, you're gonna be blessed by her today. So we're gonna continue to worship. The baskets will come by and after that, Michelle will come up and speak. So we're gonna teach you a new song this morning. Uh, how many of us want to see revival take place? Uh, how many of us want to see just, uh, just our community and just our families in this nation just transformed? And, but so often I think we look outwardly for a revival to take place when really revival starts by us looking at ourselves. It's by God, us going before God and saying, God, change me. Uh, give me a clean heart. Just purify me, restore me, revive me. And just letting that then just be the place where then, okay, you know what, God's changing me. I'm not focused on anyone else or anything else, but I'm just going to allow him to do the work that he needs to do in me. And imagine if we all do that. Uh, I really do believe we would see revival start to take place here and then spread out into our community. And so the song is called God of Revival, and it's really just about that cry to God saying, God, just bring the revival that only you can. Uh, just change us, change our communities, change our cities. And so, as the, again, as Pastor Gay said, as those buckets come by, let's just stand together. Let's just call on the heart of God just to move in us, move in this place, and believe him for amazing, great things. See what you can do, a God of wonders, your power has no way. The things you've done before, in greater measure, you will do again. Cause there's no prison wall you can't break through The mountain you can't move oh, Things are possible Cause there's no broken body you can't raise 
no soul you can save All things are possible The darkest night You cannot it up You cannot it up Oh God of revival And hope arise Death is overcome Ready, world, oh God of revival, rose in victory, and now you're seated forever on the throne. So, why should my heart feel? I will trust in you alone Cause there is no prison wall You can't break through the mountain You can't move all things impossible And there's no broken body You can't raise and no soul That you can't save all things impossible the darkest night You can light it up You can light it up Oh God of revival Let hope arise Death is overcome You've already Let this be our prayer this morning. Come awaken the people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival. Chains hit the ground 
Michelle, as she delivers this message, God. And let us just be open to whatever it is you want to do through it, God. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Michelle a warm welcome. Good morning, everybody. So I never really expected to be up here giving the weekend message. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm used to talking to little guys. <laughs> so it is a big step of faith for me to come up here, but I'm really excited to be able to do so. And I feel really honored that Buddy and Gay would ask me to do this and want to see me speak before they left. As Pastor Gay said, I want to share a little bit about myself and my time here at Salem Fields. I've been coming to Salem Fields now for 15 years. It'll actually be 16 years this August. For the last five of those 16 years, I was the children's pastor. For two out of those five years, I was the children's pastor and director of the Learning Center. And then after working two full-time jobs for a while, I really felt God leading me that I needed to choose one. Someone can only do two full-time jobs for so long. And I really felt like God was leading me to become just the director of the Learning Center. So this January, I transitioned into being just the director of the Learning Center. As I said, I've been here at Salem Fields for a really long time. It's been a huge part of my life and my family. And I'm not going to lie, I had a panic attack just about when Buddy asked me to give the message. <laughs> Actually, I was holding some things and I literally dropped them. <laughs> when he first said that, uh, but I am really excited to be here with you today, and I'm excited at the chance to share a little bit of my story with you. I'm going to give you just a heads up. Some of my story might be a little bit shocking. My life has not been easy. I mean, who's really has been? Um, I'm going to share some pretty personal and intimate things about my life, and some of them are going to be about my marriage as well, and I just want to let you know, though, that my husband and I both are really really excited to be able to share these things because we feel that there's some of the times that God has moved the most in our life and in our marriage. And so we're hoping that through sharing our story uh, that maybe you guys can um, be able to pull something away from that as well. As I've spent a lot of time reflecting over my story this past week, I've been writing it out. That's definitely an interesting exercise. If you're ever wanting something to do, uh, to think about what God's done in your life, sit down and write from the moment you first met him to now. It's definitely a really eye-opening experience. And as I was reflecting over my story, I kept asking God, God, out of all of this, everything I've been through, everything I've walked through with you, what's the one thing that you want me to pull away from this? What is the one thing that you really would want me to learn as I look back over my story and everything that you've done in my life? And I kept coming back to this one statement, trust God no matter what. 
And the funny thing is, is that that's not a new statement to me, because in fact, we have a curriculum that we use in the children's ministry, and for our little guys, our preschoolers, and our elementary kids, there's basic truths that we teach them throughout the year, and trust God no matter what is actually one of the basic truths that we teach our elementary kids. We teach them that I need to make the wise choice, I need to treat others the way I want to be treated, and to trust God no matter what. So it wasn't a new statement to me, but as I was thinking over this short, sweet, and simple statement, I was began to think how much that statement really means and how much it really means in our life. Because trust is not short and sweet, and it's definitely not simple. I know for me it has not been simple in my life. Trust has actually been something that's really been difficult for me in my life. There's been times that I've given it too easy and gained some of the best friendships in my entire life, but there's been times I've given it too easy and ended up really hurt. I've had some of my greatest memories in my life because I trusted and stepped out in faith to do something new or different, but I've also, trust has been something really hard earned with some pain and scars along the way in my life. I've had a lot of great lessons from trust and I've had a lot of difficult lessons from trust. And it's one of the reasons why I feel like trust is something that you just never really know how it's gonna turn out. But I guess that's the whole point of trust, isn't it? <laughs> The awesome thing about God, though, and it's one of the reasons I just love him so much, is that he knew we were going to struggle with trust. I mean, after all, he created us, and he's been dealing with our crazy trust issues for a really long time. So it's not anything new to him that we struggle with trust. And he loved us enough to not leave us to try and do it on our own. We have his word. We have the Bible that is full of some really great examples of people that had to learn to trust God no matter what and walked that out in their own story, in their own life. And I was thinking over the different stories and the people that I could use to talk today, and one name just kept popping up in my mind over and over again, and that was Moses. Moses is an incredible story when it comes to trusting God no matter what, because God called him to some pretty crazy things. Some things that people probably thought were impossible, and it wasn't easy, and it took a long time for some of the things that God told Moses that he was going to do to actually happen and be lived out. But through it all, Moses trusted God no matter what. Now, I have teenagers. I actually have three teenagers today because my youngest son turns 13 today. It's his birthday. Um, so pray for me, guys. I have three teenagers in my house. <laughs> and with three teenagers, there's a certain app that has pretty much taken over our house. Can anyone guess what that is? TikTok, that's right, yes. TikTok has pretty much taken over our house. I could retire if I had a number of times that I walked through the house and caught my daughter doing the renegade. But, um, <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of opinions about TikTok out there. However, I do wanna let you know that Joe and I have always been very involved in the technology that our kids use. And I don't wanna get into all of that. Different things work for different families. But the reason I did bring up TikTok is that one of our rules is if there's any type of sharing app or any type of social media app that our kids have on their phones, then we have to have it on our phones as well. That way we can kind of know what's going on and what they're exposed to and what they're doing on the app as well. And I have a little bit of a confession to make because even though I downloaded TikTok just because my kids had it, I kind of actually really like it myself. <laughs> And I've gotten maybe 
maybe just sometimes a little bit addicted. Uh, maybe I watch it a little too much some days. But it is really good app um, because there are some really funny things on there. And one of the things I love about it, you can talk about some of the negative things about it, but one of the things that I think is really awesome is there are a lot of Christians on TikTok as well. And they put out a lot of positive Christian content on there that is getting to these young people today. So even though my teenagers thought it was super cringy, Am I really being a good parent to them if I don't do it now? <laughs> if they thought it was cringy? I thought, what better way to introduce the story of Moses than through some TikToks? Watch this. I've been there, I survived. So just take my Oh, I'm supposed to do that? Um, Y'all got the wrong person. <laughs> I do not, I do not have the facilities for that big man. Wait, I have an idea. Really? What is it? Let's leave. Wow, I didn't know it did that. We have our heading. Here we go! From the magic within our hearts to the adventure beyond the horizon, there is only one. <laughs> See, TikTok isn't all that bad. <laughs> And though we did get a little glimpse of Moses' story through those TikToks, I do want to share just a little bit more detail about the story of Moses. Moses was an Israelite who was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, an Egyptian, where the Israelites were serving as slaves in Egypt. One day, when he was an adult, he was walking around where the Israelites worked as slaves, and he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite. Moses became angry, and he ends up killing the Egyptian and having to flee Egypt. He flees Egypt for almost 40 years, and then one day while he's walking and uh, caring for his sheep, a burning bush appears to Moses, and God speaks to him through it and calls him to go back to Egypt and free the Israelites. And thus begins the story of Moses freeing the Israelites and taking them to the promised land. 
I want to share with you today two ways that I feel we can learn from Moses' story to trust God no matter what. The first one is that we can trust God no matter what, even when life gets difficult. We've all experienced difficulty in our life. There's not a single one of us here who has not struggled. I don't think I need to sit here and go through the different ways that we could struggle in life. But honestly, the hard thing about difficulty in life is while it's the times that we should trust God the most, it tends to be the time that we trust God the least. But that's what God really wants us to do. And that's why Moses is a really great example of trusting God no matter what, even when it gets difficult, because he did just that. As I said, he had fled Egypt because he had killed an Egyptian. And then God came to him and said, hey, I need you to go back there. <laughs> and I need you to ask Pharaoh to free the Israelites. It was not an easy task that God had called Moses to. And Moses had his doubts for sure. We see that in the Bible. And, but Moses listened, and he trusted God no matter what. When he gets there, however, and he does as God asks, Pharaoh is not so quick to let the Israelites go free. Obviously, those were his slaves. He didn't want to lose all those workers. And Pharaoh didn't just say no to Moses. In fact, he ends up getting angry, and he starts to punish the Israelites because Moses asked for Pharaoh to set them free. And we see what Pharaoh did here in Exodus 5. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy, and that is why they are crying out. Let us go sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says. I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, Why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? When Moses saw this, he was upset. I'm sure it was hard for him to watch the Israelite people suffer when God had said that he was going to set them free. However, he didn't give up. He didn't walk away from what God had called him to. Instead, he trusted God, and he went to him with how he was feeling. And we see what Moses said to God here further on in Exodus 5. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. So you might read this scripture and think, um, that doesn't really look like trusting God. <laughs> but I want to let you know that when we're hurt, angry, frustrated, upset, whatever negative emotion we might be experiencing, when we bring those feelings and thoughts to God, that is trusting God. Because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to come to him when we're feeling that way. He knew life was going to be difficult. And when it happens, he wants us to go to him with how we're feeling about that. So he can help us deal with it. And he can guide and lead us on what we should do in those situations. And that's exactly what Moses did when he was upset and hurt and frustrated. And it was difficult with what was going on with, Mo with Pharaoh. He went to God and he shared how he felt. And God did just as he promises. He reassured Moses and he comforted him. And he said, though it doesn't look good right now, 
trust me, wait, what I say is going to happen will happen. And as Moses' story continues, we see that he did that. Even though it had to be incredibly difficult, he continued to trust God no matter what and do as he had asked. And he did not have to just go to Pharaoh once or twice or even three times. He had to go to Pharaoh ten times. And I can only imagine how frustrated and difficult it must have been after he went to Pharaoh after each plague and Pharaoh still said no. After he went to Pharaoh each time, worried and wondering probably, are there going to be more repercussions for the Israelites? Are things going to get even harder? It must have felt like Pharaoh was never going to set the Israelites free, and they were suffering in the meantime. But Moses continued to trust God no matter what, even though it was difficult. He did not give up. And it did pay off in the end. Finally, after the 10th plague, Pharaoh did say yes, and Moses is able to lead the people to freedom just as God has promised. I've had difficult times in my life, too, where just like Moses, I've had to trust God no matter what, even though it was difficult. As I said with you before, I'm going to share some parts of my story, and the two parts of my story that I'm going to share with you today are from my marriage. What marriage isn't difficult, right? <laughs> what relationship isn't difficult, right? And so Joe and I, we've been together 18 years, and we're in a really, really good place now, but it hasn't always been that way. In fact, it feels like we've had to go to you know where and back quite a few times to get to where we've been, to get to where we are today. And though we're in a really good place today, as I said, there have been a lot of times that have been difficult. And there's one time in particular about eight years ago where we went through the most difficult thing we had ever been through in our marriage and really have been through today. It was eight years ago that I found out Joe was having an affair on me and had been doing so for over a year. As you can imagine, I was absolutely devastated. I mean devastated. There really aren't words that I could use to describe to you guys today the physical and emotional pain that I felt in those first few days after I found out, or even the months following. Just devastated. To this day, I still hurt. My heart breaks when I hear people are going through adultery because I know how raw and real and painful that can be. But there I was. I had found myself in that situation. I, of course, asked Joe to leave. I definitely didn't want him there in the house. And we had had other separations before this, none of them really lasting for very long. And we always got back together, and things never really changed. And in those times and those few separations that we'd had before, I would have a tendency to run to God, to cling to him and pray to him, God, please fix this. God, why are we going through this? God, help make this better. But this time, this separation was different. I went to a really dark place during this separation. I was hurt and angry and confused. And though I loved God and knew that he loved me, I'd been in a relationship with him for several years, I just didn't really want to hear what he had to say. I was too hurt. I didn't want any parts of it. And I even remember one night, I was laying in my bed crying, laying on my side in my bed crying, and I felt God reach out to me and try to comfort me. And I literally said out loud to God, no, I'm mad at you, and rolled over to the other side of my bed, <laughs> like a toddler having a temper tantrum, like you can just roll over in your bed and be away from God. But I just wasn't ready. I was just in too much pain. Little did I know, though, that while I was in this dark place, Joe was having quite a different experience with God. See, we had lost, I found out later, 
that he had a pretty moving experience with God. He had lost almost all of our friends through the affair, and there were even some family that was pretty upset with him. And so he was alone for probably the first time in his life. And he shared with me later that while he sat in his two-bedroom apartment alone, he was ready to take his own life. And he shared that he sat there, pill bottle in hand, and he felt God reach out to him. And God said, you know, you could do things your way one last time, or you could maybe for once try and do things my way and see how it goes. Joe said he stopped right there and he prayed to God and he asked for his forgiveness. And though we had been going to church for a while together, for the first time really accepted Jesus into his heart and was saved. He began going to church regularly after that and he started going to AA meetings and he even got a sponsor and he began doing the hard work of transforming his life for God. Flash forward a few months later, Joe reaches out to me and asks me if I would be willing to reconcile. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I didn't want any parts of it whatsoever. I was done done. I mean, I even had a biblical reason to be done. I didn't have to go back, and I didn't want to go back. God is so funny, though, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> because he began to work on my heart. And he began to make me be at least open to hearing what Joe had to say. So one night on my back porch, Joe came over and he poured his heart out to me and he told me all that God had been doing in his life and asked me again if I would be willing to reconcile. I told him that I didn't think it was possible. This was too broken. There was too much pain. There was no way this was really ever going to be fixed but I was maybe slightly the tiniest bit possibly open to the idea. And I was about to find out just how right I was that it was way too broken and way too impossible to fix. A few weeks later, we got into a huge fight and I just needed some space. I had to get out, I had to get away. So I got in my car and I started driving around and I ended up parking in a parking lot in a school in my neighborhood. And as I was sitting there in my car, I just started crying. And I started pouring myself out to God. Why, God? I can't do this. This is too broken. This is too destroyed. He's too broken. I'm too broken. Our kids are broken. There is no way we can fix this. It is impossible for us to fix this, God. I can't do it. And while I was sitting there in my car, God began to reveal a few things to me. The first was that I hadn't just made my marriage vows to Joe. I had also made them to God. And that if God was going to call me to reconcile my marriage, I needed to consider that. The second was that I had been praying up until this point for God to save Joe and begin to turn him into a godly man for Joe, myself, and our family. And God was now doing it, and I didn't want it. But the biggest way that God spoke to my heart that night is he told me, duh, of course this is impossible for you to fix. Of course this is too broken and too big for you to heal because you're trying to do it. And you're trying to do it on your own. And I realized that night, though I had been saved several years earlier, that I had to surrender completely and totally to God and trust him no matter what. That if I was going to be healed, my marriage was going to be healed, my family was going to be healed, that I had to begin to trust God no matter what and totally surrender my life to him. 
So that night, that's what I did. Right there in my car, I surrendered my heart, everything that I am, totally and completely to God, and said, God, from this point on, I trust you no matter what. Whatever it is, whatever it means, whatever we have to walk through, I trust you no matter what. I went back to the house and I told Joe what had happened, and we both agreed that God was right. Duh. <laughs> and that in order for us to do this, if we really both were going to do this, we both ourselves had to trust God no matter what and put him first. And then we had to do the same in our marriage and in our family. Then the real work began. <laughs> if I thought it was hard before finding out about the affair and everything we had been up to before, it was nowhere near as difficult as trying to put our marriage back together. It is to this day the hardest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. I mean, we pretty much had to learn a whole new way to live. We had to learn a new way to communicate because we really only knew how to fight. <laughs> we had to learn how to forgive and trust each other again. We had to learn how to take accountability for what had contributed to our failed marriage, both of us. Now, I'm not saying that Joe isn't responsible for what he did and that it's my fault. Joe took accountability for that. However, I am a firm believer that it takes two people to make a marriage work, and it can take two to make a marriage not work. And so I had to dig down deep inside myself and see what parts of me and what things did I do, because our marriage had been struggling a long time before it ended up where it was at, contributed to our failed marriage. And then I had to go to God and Joe and ask for forgiveness of those things. And then I had to try my best not to do them anymore. And it was so hard. And it was so difficult. There were days I wanted to give up. I wanted to walk out. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go through the pain. I didn't want to go through what God was asking me to go through. I just wanted to be done. It was too much. But I didn't give up. And I continued to trust God no matter what, because I believe he had called us to fix this marriage. And much like Moses and the Israelites had to walk through a lot of suffering before God set them free, Joe and I had to walk through a lot of suffering as well. And much like it took a long time before Mo that Moses finally was able to lead the Israelites to freedom, it took a long time for our marriage to heal. It didn't happen overnight. And though it was so, so difficult, I continue to trust God no matter what. And though, like I said, hardest time in my life, I'm grateful for what God did in that time. I grew so much in my relationship with God because of what I had been through. My husband had been made new in Christ. My family and my marriage had experienced healing. God had done such a beautiful work out of this incredible, horrible mess we had created. And I learned through it all to trust God no matter what, especially when it was difficult. We can also learn from Moses how to trust God no matter what, even when life is disappointing, even when we get disappointed. Just like difficult times, we all experience disappointment in our life. That's not something that none of us have experienced here before. And for Moses, his disappointment wasn't with God. It was with the Israelites. Despite the fact that God had rescued them from Egypt, literally parted a sea so they could walk through, and did all other kinds of crazy miracles and wonderful things for them, the Israelites really struggled with trusting God. <laughs> like, they struggled a lot. They were what we would call today some pretty major whiners. <laughs> Anytime they experienced the slightest inconvenience, 
things didn't turn out like they thought that they should turn out, or they weren't doing what they thought they should be doing, they began to lose faith and they would stop trusting God. And Moses pretty much had to deal with this the entire time that they were wandering the desert. So there's a lot of examples that I could use to talk about when Moses would find the Israelites again and again losing their faith and trust in God. And it had to be disappointing to Moses. After everything they'd been through, the Israelites so quickly would just lose faith. And there's one example in particular, which is when Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Moses had gone up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments from God, but to the Israelites, it was taking way too long. So they once again were not happy, and they began to ask Aaron, please make us another god to worship. Eventually, Aaron gives in, and he makes a golden calf for them to worship. You can imagine Moses' reaction when he comes down from the mountain after being in the presence of God, <laughs> receiving God's plan for the Israelites to come down from the mountain and see them worshiping a fake God. And we see Moses' reaction here in Exodus 32. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hand, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. Clearly, Moses was angry and disappointed. Again, after everything they had been through, after all that God had done for them and led them through and led them to, they so quickly began to worship another God. However, Moses, even though he had to be disappointed in that, did not give up. He did not stop trusting God. He did not stop trusting what God had said he had called Moses to do and what he had promised he was going to do for the Israelite people and through the Israelite people. In fact, he went to God again with how he felt. And this time he went to God on behalf of the Israelite people. We see this a little bit later in Exodus 32. The next day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves God of gold, gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. Even though the Israelites had disappointed Moses, he did not give up on what God said was going to happen, on what God said that he was going to do, and what God had promised him that he had called him to and would lead the Israelites to. He did not give up. He trusted God no matter what, even in his disappointment. Like I said, the stories I have to share with you today are from my marriage, and there was a time a couple years ago that I experienced great disappointment in my marriage. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up. This next story might be a little bit shocking to some of you that don't know us. But for those of you that do know, Joe has struggled with addiction for, for a while now. And it was three years ago, after everything we had been through, I thought we were in a really good place. Things were going really, really great. And then they weren't. Because it was a little bit over three years ago that I found out Joe was doing drugs again. Again, I was devastated. And I was beyond disappointed. After everything we had been through, it seemed like it was all for nothing. Much like Moses must have felt when he came down and found the Israelites worshiping that golden calf, risking throwing away everything God had done for them. That's what I felt like was going on. Everything we had done, all God had done in our marriage in the last five years, for what now? So I did the only thing I knew to do. Well, first I cried, like a lot. 
<laughs> but then I did the only thing I knew to do. Like Moses, I went to God. Because I didn't know how to respond in this situation. I guess I was pretty naive, thinking we'd never have a really difficult time again in our marriage. But I just didn't know what to do. I really didn't think I would find myself here again. So I went to God and I said, God, what do you want me to do? What am I to do here? Please show me how you want me to handle this situation. And then, after I felt like God had shared with me what I was supposed to do, I was disappointed again. Because I felt like God told me that I needed to stand up for the godly marriage that Joe and I had built over the last five years and that God had done for us over the last five years. I felt like God had told me that I needed to go to Joe and say, if you can't live by the godly and biblical standards that God wants us to in our marriage and family, then you can't stay here. It wasn't divorce. I wasn't leaving him, nor did I want to leave him. But if he could not meet the godly standards that I fully believed God wanted and had for our family, then he needed to stay somewhere else until he could. Again, disappointed. Why would God call me to ask Joe for another separation? I thought we were done with that. But just like Moses refused to give up on what God had promised he would do through the Israelites, I refused to give up on what God had done in our family and I believe had called our family to be. So the night that I was going to go home and tell Joe, I was driving home, and I was one last-ditch effort praying to God, hey, you know, you could change your mind. I don't have to go home and do this. <laughs> please, please, just one, really quick, could we just have a change in plan here? And as I was praying that, Lauren Daigle's Trust in You came on the radio. And if you don't know the song, it's a very, very powerful song. And when I say I lost it, y'all, I mean like I lost it. Like I had to pull over on the side of Ely's Ford Road an ugly cry <laughs> until the song was over. And when the song was over, even though I was still disappointed and I was still brokenhearted, I had such a peace about me because I knew in that moment that God was going to take care of me, that God was going to be there for me. And if I trusted him no matter what, everything would always be okay. It may not look like I, what I wanted it to look like or be what I wanted it to be, but I was going to be okay. So I went home and I told Joe what I believe God was telling me to do. And I wish I could tell you that that conversation went awesome. That Joe, yeah, I totally wish I could tell you that. Joe said, you're right. I'm wrong. It's wonderful. I'll stop. We'll fix our marriage. Everything will be great. Problem solved, right? That'd be a great story. God told me to trust him. I did, and everything was okay. Sermon over, right? <laughs> it did not go that way, unfortunately. Joe told me that he was not convicted on what he was doing and that he didn't feel the same way. And so he said that he didn't want to hurt me anymore so that he would leave if that's what I really wanted. I'm, I'm sorry, what, God? <laughs> uh, this is not how this is supposed to go. I did what you said. But it didn't turn out that way. So as Joe began the process of moving out, he was getting a home ready for him to move into. And about a week after we had that conversation, just a few days before he was supposed to move out, he came home and said that he had to talk to me. And he began telling me what had happened to him earlier that day. 
He was at the home that he was going to move into, and he was mowing the yard to prepare it for him to move in. He was on the riding lawnmower, and he was mowing the yard. And he said that as he was riding around the yard on that mower, he started praying to God, God, before I go through with this, please let me know if I'm making the right decision. Please let me know if I should be convicted in what I'm doing. Please let me know before I go through this if this is the right thing. And as he was praying that prayer, the whole motor blew up in the lawnmower. <laughs> like blew up, like done. He ended up having to throw it away, could never use it again. And then, as he was walking back to his car, because he couldn't ride the mower back there, <laughs> he got to his car and he realized that while he was mowing, a rock had flown up and smashed out the whole back window of his car. <laughs> and he stopped dead in his tracks and realized he had been convicted, that he was about to make a huge mistake. And he said he prayed right there in the driveway and again asked God for forgiveness and said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do what I have to do for my family so that we can be the godly family that you've called us to. I could not believe what I was hearing as Joe was telling me this story. I was blown away. And though it wasn't me, it wasn't Joe, God did all the work. I can't help but ask myself today, if I had not stood firm in what God had called me to do, even though I was disappointed, even though it was difficult, even though I didn't want to do it, if I had not stood firm in what he had asked me to do and stand up for the godly marriage that I believe God wanted us, would Joe have had that experience with God that day? Would he have experienced the sobriety that he's experienced since then? Would I have my marriage and my family that I have today if I had not stood up and stood firm and trusted God no matter what? I've shared with you today some of the most intimate moments of my life and my marriage and my walk with God. But I do so because I so desperately want people to know the joy and peace and hope there is in trusting God no matter what. No matter what when it's not what you wanted, when it's not what you expected, when it's difficult and disappointing, and trusting God no matter what, I promise you, there is joy and peace and hope on the other side. And though it shocks people today, I would not take back a single part of my story. So please don't walk out of here thinking Joe's the bad guy. <laughs> He's an incredible man of God today, and I am so lucky to have him as my husband. But it's because what we had been through and because we chose to trust God no matter what along the way, that we are who we are today. That God has done the amazing things in our hearts and our life, done the amazing things that he's done in my heart, in my life each time. I thank him for what we've been through, because every time was another chance for me to trust God no matter what, in bigger and deeper ways each time, but each time with no less reward. And every time, it was so worth it. And it's because of this that I can stand here today and tell you that I believe in my heart of hearts and everything that I am, that even if my worst nightmare came true tomorrow, because some of them have, that I would be okay. Because God's got me. God loves me, and he has a perfect plan for me. And I can believe those things to be true because he's done them time and time again in my life. And I can stand here and believe them to be true no matter what. 
because God has shown me that in my life over and over again. I want to share my favorite verse with you today. Some people might call it my life verse. I don't really call it that. I just call it my favorite verse. But it's literally gotten me through the last eight years of my life. And I want to share it with you today. It's a popular one, but it's a really special one to me. It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I had to learn to trust in God with all my heart. And he wants you to trust in him with all your heart too. He desperately desires to be in relationship with you. He loves each and every single one of us here so much. And he just asks that we trust him. Trust him no matter what. And not just like a little bit, like with everything, with all that we have. And when you do, when you take that step, when you begin to trust him, like he did with Moses, and I've seen him do in my life, I promise you, when you dive all in and trust God no matter what, he will do amazing things in your life. It may not always be easy. Maybe difficult and disappointing like my experience. But he will do amazing things in your life when you trust him no matter what. Maybe you're here today and you've never been in a relationship with God. And that's what God's calling you to today. That's your first step of trust today is to trust him no matter what in accepting him into your heart. But you're not quite sure if you can believe that what he says is true, that you're loved, forgiven, and free through his grace. If that's you today, trust him. Let him in and trust him and begin your new life with him. Or maybe you're here today and there's something in your life that you're clinging to so tightly and God is telling you, let it go. Let it go and watch what I can do. And you're still holding on tight. I want to tell you, trust him and let go. Or maybe there's something in your life, something that you're really struggling through or walking through right now or you've been through and God's trying to heal that for you and he wants to heal that for you, but you're not quite letting him all the way in to do that because you're scared of what that would mean or what you might have to walk through to experience total healing. Trust him. Let him heal you. Or maybe you're like me and God is calling you to something that seems impossible, crazy difficult, super disappointing, and you absolutely do not want to do, or all of those things. Trust him. Trust him no matter what. Whatever it is, whatever he is calling you to in your life, trust him no matter what. Because I'm telling you, every single one of us here today, no matter where we are in our relationship with God, God is calling us to trust him in at least one area. At least one. And that's what I want to challenge you guys with today, is I would love for you guys to have something to walk away with from this message, something that you can go and do in your own life to see this lived out. Figure out what that one thing is. There's at least one thing for all of us. Maybe some of you already know it. If you do, that's awesome. If not, go to God in prayer and ask him. Ask him, God, what's one area in my life I can trust you right now no matter what? And when you know, when you know what it is, Write it down, tell someone, do something to make it real and put it in front of you and then do it. Trust him. Trust him no matter what and see the amazing things he's going to do in your life. Trust him no matter what and watch what he can do for you through it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I come to you today and I thank you for what you've done today, Lord. 
I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's been here, God, and I thank you for what you've been speaking to each of us, myself included, Lord. And God, I just pray, Lord, that for those of us here, Lord, that we're struggling with trusting you no matter what, that your Holy Spirit can speak to us and reach through us in that, God. I thank you that we have you for that, God. How much you love us, Lord. You knew life was going to be difficult. You know it's not easy for us. You know we experience disappointment and all the other things that go with life, but you gave us a way to have hope in that, to have peace and have joy in that, and that's through trusting you no matter what. Thank you, God, for loving us enough to give us that in our life. And God, I pray that for each of us here that you will reveal that one thing to us, Lord, that you will reveal at least one thing to us, Lord, today that we can trust you no matter what in. And I want to take just a moment for those of you that are here today that maybe that one thing for you is taking that first step in your relationship with God. Maybe you've never fully given your life to him or accepted him into your heart. And I want to tell you that if that's you today, that you can do that today. You can do that right here this morning. You can pray to God, ask for his forgiveness, accept him into your heart, and begin that new life with him. You can pray that prayer right now and take that step of trust. If that's you, I know what a big step that that can be. And I would love to pray for you as you begin this new journey and you take this leap of trust. If that's you with everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes closed, if you could just lift up your hand really quick so that I can pray for you, so that I can know to be praying for you as you begin this new journey, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for those that lifted their hands today, and thank you for those of us in these seats and those of us worshiping online, God, and what you've done this morning in our hearts, God. And God, my prayer is that what you've done this morning in our hearts, Lord, that it won't just be something you've done this morning. Whatever it is you're calling us to, to trust you in, Lord, that it won't just be a great idea we have as we walk out of these doors. Lord, that it can be something that we can do and experience and feel tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and so on. As we walk out our life learning how to trust you no matter what, day in and day out. That is my prayer, Lord, that we can walk that life and see, Lord, how much you love us, you're there for us, and you have a perfect plan for us as we walk out trusting you no matter what. And I pray these things in your precious name. Amen. I'd love for us to stand and worship together one more time before we leave.
So thankful, Lord. So thankful for the word this morning. And I just pray that we take it, that we just respond the way you would, and that our lives just again reflect who you are. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. 